From the campus at Northern State University, this is an EdTech podcast for South Dakota teachers. Yes, this is another episode. So today we are going to talk about the New Media Consortium's Horizon Report. Every year, the New Media Consortium puts out a report of technologies and ideas that they expect to be coming forth in the next few years. And more specifically, I want to look at the 2014 K-12 report and the technology section of that report, because there are six major areas of technology that they are saying are going to play a part of K-12 education in the future. All right, well, let's look at them. First, the idea of bring your own device is going to continue to spread, according to the New Media Consortium, that more and more students in schools across the country will have a bring-your-own-device type of situation where they have to bring their own device. So that could be a laptop, that could be a tablet. It's certainly part of the way that things are going in our information age when many students have smartphones and other devices that they bring with them. So bring your own device. With people bringing different devices into the school, that means introducing the possibility of more viruses to be shared and more troubles as far as administration goes. But according to the New Media Consortium, this is going to continue to be a increasing activity. You may be wondering why this idea of bring your own device will continue to grow. Well, the New Media Consortium says that bring your own device has profound implications for primary and secondary education because it creates the conditions for student-centered learning to take place. And it's true. With students bringing devices to school, there are a lot of opportunities for more student-centered learning to happen if each student has their own device. And also, if the device is familiar to the student, it's not the kind of thing where you have to go to the cart, pull out the laptops, open them up. Students have no idea how to log into this device. They don't understand where all the apps are or where all the programs are. So if they bring their own device, they already know these things. They can already log in. It's a very quick process, and they're familiar with the device that they bring. The New Media Consortium also mentions that bring your own device doesn't just mean bringing everyone bringing a different kind of device. Schools can specify what types of devices are needed to be brought to school, but the idea is that the student takes ownership of that device. And so it could be a school-issued device, but the idea is not that you give it back to the school and never see it again after summer starts. Instead, it's your own device. And this helps, as they've found in research, it helps to create a more student-centered learning experience. And also, good learning gains have been found in studies where students bring their own devices to school and work on those for learning. So that's number one, bring your own device. Number two is cloud computing. Cloud computing. What an interesting way to put it. It's not really in a cloud. You don't go up and fly in a spaceship or fly in a jet and go above the clouds. No, cloud computing is this whole concept of demand, on-demand services and tools that are served to the user via the internet from specialized data centers and they consume almost no local processing or storage resources. So it's basically the tools and apps that one needs, but online. So you access, for instance, Google Drive, 
If you have an online email like Gmail, that's another example of a cloud service. Oftentimes people think of cloud and they think, ooh, what's the cloud? That's amazing. Actually, all it is is just things online, tools online. So cloud computing has become widely recognized as a means of improving productivity and expanding collaboration in education. And this is going to continue to happen. There will be more collaboration expanding in education. It'll expand really far. I don't know. But anyway, that's what they're saying. Is, is the cloud computing will allow students to do more and more. And actually, long ago, I used to talk to people about this very concept. I, I would tell them that the Internet really is the operating system of the future, meaning that it doesn't matter if you're on Linux, Windows, Macintosh, iPad, whatever you're on, you can still access those services that you need on the internet. This idea of cloud computing really helps students and teachers to be more productive in their work because they can access things from the cloud, it doesn't matter what device they're on. And so if you go home to work on something, you can still access it from home, even though you might have worked on it earlier in the day from your office. So that is cloud computing. Number three is games and gamification. Okay, there's a culture around digital games, and it's growing to encompass a substantial portion of the world's population. The gaming industry is producing a steady stream of games, and it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And in fact, they've done studies about gaming and so forth, and the study by the APA, for instance, American Psychological Association, highlights the cognitive, motivational, and emotional, and social impact video games have on human behavior. And they have a great potential to teach forms of thought and behaviors to students, games do. As a teacher, you might think, well, really? My students are going to come to school and play games? Well, not video games necessarily, like the ones that they're used to playing. But certainly there's a place for learning games in education. And there are actually a lot of games already created that help students to learn. And there have been a lot of studies done with games that weren't created for learning that also do help learning to happen. Things like Minecraft, in which students learn how to work together. Also under the concept of gamified learning or gamification. Gamification, edumacation. There's this whole concept of badging, right? Getting badges for things that we do. Sort of a micro-learning concept where every little thing that we do has a badge associated with it. Kind of like merit badges in scouting. You earn the merit badge when you finish the set of prescribed steps or requirements. So in learning, you can earn badges as well, and these are digital badges, and this has become a popular concept. A friend of mine, Rick West, out at BYU, has been doing badges for educators who are learning to become educators, and they do digital badges once they've learned a certain technology that would be relevant to their learning. Very good work out there. So gamification. And this goes back also to the concept of digital natives, in which digital natives would like to play games, right? They want to see make things fun. Learning should be fun to them, they think. So that's the concept of gamification. Next is learning analytics. It's collecting data on our students on a daily or very quick basis so that we have a large amount of big data. As we collect it, we, we keep it together. We have a large amount of big data about each student and what their knowledge is and what their learning is like. So for educators, this is a very helpful tool because you know exactly what each student understands and you can collect a lot of data today with the technologies that are available to us. So for instance, if each day in class you have a nice poll that you do and each student has their own iPad and responds to that poll, or each hour of the day even, 
you can start collecting that data, and then you'll understand where your students are with regard to a certain point of view or a certain amount of knowledge that they should have. So learning analytics has become quite important um, in education. Some of the problems, though, with this is as you start collecting a lot of data, where does that data go and who owns that data, right? Because a lot of people think it should be private to each student, that no one else should be able to view this data. Other people think that maybe a researcher like myself or somebody else should have access to that data and be able to use that data in studies. So it's kind of a big question with learning analytics, but this whole idea of being able to collect a lot of data about your students is upcoming and going to continue to be important in technology and education. Next and fifth is the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things is a network of connected objects that link the physical world with the world of information through the web. And so we're talking about objects that are Internet connected, that are small, that are everywhere. Because they are connected to the internet, there are extra functions that they can do. So we have things, for instance, like internet-enabled appliances, gaining traction in the consumer industry. So, for instance, your fridge might automatically order milk for you once it realizes that you are almost out of milk. Or it might not want to open for you once you have gained a certain weight. It might say, shut that door, fatty. Actually, that's probably not how you'd want your fridge to work. But anyway, the the idea is that the appliance or the thing is connected to the internet and can therefore do some pretty amazing stuff. So how can we use this in education? Well, some examples that were given by the New Media Consortium include embedding historical objects, shares stories about those, those objects. So those objects are connected to the internet, and it makes it more authentic to be able to view those objects and to be a part of those objects. Right now, this is sort of far out as far as being adopted. It's a little bit further out than things like cloud computing or bringing your own device. But they are saying that it's possible that students could even be recognized as soon as they set foot on campus, and everything from science laboratory equipment to lockers automatically might calibrate themselves to suit student specifications and needs. And, of course, learning objects as well, objects that could be connected to be learned about in interesting new ways. So that one's a little bit further ahead. And then finally we have wearable technologies. So wearable technologies, again, are the devices that can be worn by users, taking the form of an accessory such as jewelry, sunglasses, a backpack, or even actual items of clothing. And these items can conveniently integrate tools that do things like track sleep, movement, location, and social media. You might have heard of the Fitbit, where you can run and it tracks how much you've run. That would be an example of a wearable tech, or Google's Glass project, where you get Google Glasses and wear those around, and they actually help you connect to the Internet and view things around you and take pictures of anything that you're looking at. So wearable technology is not new necessarily, but of course its use in education is new. An interesting example of how these wearable technologies have been used in education includes having students wear wearable technologies as they go on field trips and capture photographs and data of the field trips and then compile those in a report of the field trip. Another example is this concept of augmented reality in which virtual information is overlaid using GPS technologies onto physical objects And this can help us to learn more about things such as where things are or how to do procedures. 
So certainly applications are available for wearable technologies in physical education, as we already know about things like the Fitbit. But there are other applications as well, such as field trips and other opportunities that there may be coming in the future. So those are the six areas of new technologies coming according to the New Media Consortium. Again, they are bring your own device, cloud computing, games and gamification, learning analytics, the Internet of Things, and wearable technologies. Now, bring your own device and cloud computing are the ones that are coming sooner. Games and gamification, learning analytics, are the ones that they think are going to come in two to three years. And then the Internet of Things and wearable technologies are the ones that will be adopted in four to five years. So it's really kind of interesting to look at the types of new technologies that we think will be coming down the pike in the future and how they might be adopted in education. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.